Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Molly Fletcher is all about high performance. After spending nearly two decades as one of the only female sports agents in the business, she represented some of the greatest athletes on the planet. Now, an author of five books and a keynote speaker to Fortune 500s, She's sharing the secrets that helped her thrive in a male-dominated world to rise to the top and then leave it all behind to become a successful entrepreneur. This is Motivational Mondays. I'm your host, Max Erzak, and joining us is Molly Fletcher. Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Max. It's great to be with you. As a sports agent, you were constantly surrounded by some of the greatest coaches and athletes in the world. These are people at the very top of their game. What differentiates the best from the rest? You know, so many things, right? And that was really what brought me into the space that I'm in now, right? I I saw this common thread between Doc Rivers and Tom Izzo and John Smoltz and Matt Kuchar and Aaron Andrews. And I thought how the way they're wired, the way they behave, the way they execute, the way they recover, the way they deal with challenges, change, it's so similar. And so I wrote a book about it. I thought, you know, I'm going to put all this together and and push it out because I think it could help people. I think it's not only applicable in the sports space, but certainly in the business space. But, you know, they, 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 at the core, they believe in their ability to evolve and change. They embrace change. You know, we live in a world that's constantly changing. And I think it's more important than ever to lean into the change because it's here to stay <laughs> at some level. Right. And it's going to be a constant as we continue sort of in the world that we're in with regards to technology and all the other things, change is constant. So we have to get comfortable inside of it. We have to recognize that when we get uncomfortable, that's actually when we grow. So I saw great athletes lean into change when they didn't really have to, because when you're, when you're a big league you know, baseball player, for example, or when you're a PGA Tour player, you're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as your last putt. You're only as good as your last tournament, your last at bat. So they wake up every day, at, at some level, fearful that it could all go away in a moment if they don't continue to produce. So, so they are always eager to find ways to unlock opportunities to get better. Just little tweaks, little pivots. I mean, Smoltzy would be on his way to the park and he'd, you know, he'd call me and you know, talk about different things he was trying with his slider or his fastball or the way he was holding it or navigating a you know, hangnail on his thumb and how he was going get, to you know, get a hold of the ball the way he needed to. I mean, all those things. So you know, they're not afraid to discover the gaps inside of themselves. They're not afraid to discover, you know, the opportunity to show up and lead even better, the best ones. They manage their energy at some level more than their time. They recover really fast. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're brave, they're courageous, and they're not afraid to be on that world stage and have the ball in their hand. They want the ball. They want the ball when it's tight. They want the ball with two seconds left on the free throw land. They want it in the bottom of the seventh inning, right? They want it or the bottom of the ninth. They want it. I'm always interested in the why behind the challenges people take on. What drew you to the world of sports agency in the first place? 
You know, I, I, I was a student athlete in college. I played tennis at Michigan State, and I always wanted to stay in the sports space in some way. I, I truthfully didn't know what that meant, what that might even look like. But uh, I tell a story that's sort of fun. I moved to Atlanta with about 2,000 bucks and lived on a couch of a friend of mine's apartment and then negotiated a deal to teach tennis for a free rent at an apartment complex, which gave me a little bit more time. And so I did different internships, different sort of, you know, opportunities inside and around the sports space. And then I got an opportunity with a small agency, really just doing marketing and endorsement deals, but then saw an opportunity. And, you know, for me, it was how can I, how, what, what fascinates me about the agent business is that it's an opportunity to serve a, an athlete or a coach or a broadcaster inside of what is a really short window of time that is incredibly unique. I mean, these guys and gals make in four years, five years, what most of us make in a lifetime. And you can't get it back, right? The clock is constantly ticking. And so, and it's a very relational business. It's, it's, it's about connecting, serving, supporting, and, and, and maximizing that window of time. And so I found myself sort of in, you know, in a spot where I saw an opportunity and, you know, as I teach and believe and speak about so much, I think when we see those opportunities in our lives, we've got to have the courage to get a little bit uncomfortable and step into them. And, and so I did. And, it's it's been a fun journey. I've heard you say that too many people think that greatness is reserved for somebody else, that it's not for them. How do people push past the self-limitations that they place on themselves? Super common, right? I think, first of all, be gentle on yourself, right? I mean, lots of people have limiting beliefs. Um, we, we all do in different moments and, and different opportunities and times in our lives. How do we push past it? I think we have to identify what are those limiting beliefs? You know, what are the things and the stories and the, that, that we're telling ourselves that are holding us back, that aren't serving us, that aren't allowing us to show up as our best? And, and how do we then shift the story that we tell ourselves to be one that does allow us to serve others, that does allow us to support, that does allow us to be our, our best selves? And, 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 you know, storytelling, if you will, is, is a big deal. I mean, we can, we can, we can jam a story up in our head and it, we'll believe it. Right. And we have to sit, take the time to get clear on what are the stories that I'm telling myself around why or why, why I am or why I am not taking time to take, to, to exercise. You know, what are the stories that I'm telling myself that are, that are causing me to not feel comfortable to speak up in a meeting? You know, what is the story that I'm telling myself that's causing me to not want to go after this promotion or this opportunity that I actually think would be a good one for me? What, but, but I have these limiting beliefs. We have to get clear on what, what are those areas of our lives, get clear on that story that's holding us back, and then reframe it to be one that takes us where we want to go. Many of our listeners will soon be graduating from college and applying to their first jobs. There's really two parts that are critical to landing the job, the interview itself and the salary negotiation. And when that topic of compensation comes up, a lot of people get really uncomfortable and unfortunately leave a lot of money on the table. What's your advice for negotiating with confidence? Preparation is key to that, right? The more prepared we are, the more the more comfortable we are asking for what we want and doing it with confidence. And and, and, and the truth is the person on the other side of the table, they can tell. They can tell if you mean it or not. They can tell if you believe it or not. They can tell if you're going to walk or not. They can tell. So when we're really prepared, when we've done the kind of research, both on the person that we're negotiating with, when we know what they're worried about, what they're excited about, what does success look like for them? How do I, at the end of the day, show up 
to potentially make my boss's life easier and better, take things off their plate, be, be at some level sort of a hero for them, getting clear on all of those things so that you know who you're even having these conversations with, how are they wired, what matters most to them is so important. So, so, so preparation, comps, facts, we want to lean into all of that. It, it helps us w- with our level of confidence inside of those moments. And then I think the tone, the timing, the way in which we ask for what we want is key. One of the things that, that I believe deeply is that when we add value to the people that we negotiate with, we send a really powerful message. We, we, we frame up the, the conversation in a way where they've already gotten a little bit of a feel for the way we do what we do. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a guy that I was uh, interviewing um, who was just a really smart kid. And, 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 I, and he was young. He was coming right out of college. He'd done an internship for the 49ers. And he comes in and sits down in the office to interview for a marketing role to help me and, and us navigate marketing opportunities for Doc Rivers and Mark DeRosa and John Smoltz and all these guys. And we have a great conversation and he seems like a really sharp guy and he had come through a reference and he leaves. Two hours later, I get a full, literally it was a four or five page with no typos, perfectly prepared marketing plan for Doc Rivers. Wow. I mean, in, in, in a matter of two hours, I went, oh my God. I mean, A, he did it without being asked. B, he'd probably gotten his head inside of that before he walked in. C, he had that in my inbox in two hours. I mean, the message that he sent inside of that, right? Like, I really want this job. I mean, I want this job. And, and, and by the way, I can do this job. Check this out. Here's my plan. That takes a little bit of courage, though, right? Because he could have put some stuff on paper that, you know, he had a fair amount of knowledge around and a fair amount of confidence around. But it, it wasn't all perfect as far as the ideas, but it was pretty darn good, right? Enough that I went, wow. And we pulled the trigger on him. And he's now a thriving agent in the broadcast space, which is just wonderful to see. So so that takes courage. It takes preparation. It takes going and doing a little bit more. You know, I, I we have three daughters. I always talk about, you know, you, you've got to do a little bit more than everybody else, right? You've got to put in a little bit more effort, make that extra phone call. You know, w- when you're sitting in that office for that initial conversation or even a follow-up conversation with the person that you want to hire you, I always had two goals, right? To get them to like and respect me enough to either hire me or help me. And if they weren't going to hire me, that's okay. But hopefully they respect and like me enough that they'll help me by, by, by dropping, you know, three names in my lap that I can go potentially ask those other people for advice as well. So, but we've got to know something that they don't think we should know. We've got to know something that surprises them and shows them that we put in the work that, that we respect and appreciate their time. And we've gotten our head and heart into their world in advance of this time together. I absolutely love what you shared in that story where that guy went out of his way to actually show the work that he would be doing before he began. So many people don't do that. You know, they, they think that I, I arrive at the interview, we chat for a little bit, and then I wait for an offer to come in. But that little bit of showing what will you do on day one in your first 90 days, that makes all the difference. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I tell business leaders and, and, and in particularly people from a business development perspective, act like you have the business before you have the business, right? Behave in a way that sends a message to the person that you want to work for, work with, you know, whether it's when I was recruiting players and it was always my mindset, behave in a way that sends that message. And part of that is putting in the work, taking the time to demonstrate that this relationship matters. One of my favorite concepts that you teach is for people to lean into failure, for them to view failure as a hidden gift. 
why are rejection and failure so important to progress? Well, to me, it means you're leaning into to, to opportunities, to challenges, right? It means you're being a little bit fearless. It means you're going for things, right? I, I mean, I saw it all the time with great athletes. I mean, the, you know, if, if, a, if a golfer rebuilt their swing a little bit and had to tweak it, that, that caused some challenges potentially when they got back out on the golf course. But if they were playing the long game, if they were, if they were going for a shift that they knew they needed to make to improve their game long term, you know, you stay the course. So, it, but it didn't mean it always worked perfectly, right, when they leaned into that change. And I, I saw it all the time with baseball players having to sort of tweak their arm slot potentially if they were a pitcher. And yeah, you might throw the first 20 in the dirt, but maybe then you've grabbed a little bit of velocity on the ball, you know, a- after that. So we, we have to, we, when, when, we're, when we're failing, we know that we're pushing ourselves. We know that we're getting a little bit uncomfortable. Think about when you go to work out, right? You, when you max out, for example, you're, you're, you're potentially going to, at some level, need a spot and that's okay. You know, that's a good thing. And so I, I think about it at that level, that it means we're being a little bit fearless I also think when when we when we have failed, there is so many opportunities inside of those moments to recognize the gifts in it, to to learn from it. I think I think about tennis matches when I was in college that I lost that I completely should have won, where every other girl on the team won and I was the only one that lost. And those were moments that were awful in the moment. But, 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 but then I went out and won eight in a row, right? I was out on the ball machine the next morning getting after it, trying to fix the problem that I thought that I had. I had a tough fall term freshman year when I went to college. I was playing tennis. I was in a sorority. I was you know, going to class periodically, right? <laughs> and I didn't do real well. But then I four-pointed eight terms in a row after that, right? So it, it, if we learn from those moments, if we recover fast from those moments, then... I think at the end of the day, we'll win the long game. Let's talk about managing our energy. College students are trying to balance a lot all at once between school, work, family, friends, internships. A lot of us feel exhausted and drained at the end of the day. How do you avoid burning out? Well, I think with intention, with preparation, with planning, you know, I, I, uh, I, I believe it's incredibly important to almost manage our energy at some level more than our time. And, and, and what I mean by that is I think we've got to pull back and gain clarity on what are the things that give us energy? What are those things, right? Is it working out? Is it going for a walk? Is it, you know, is it, we, we've got to get great sleep, right? We've got to eat right. I mean, what are the things though, that give you energy, that give you joy, right? And maybe it's, what are those things? You know, for me, it's playing golf with my husband. It's, it's hanging out with our three daughters. It's, it's, it's going for a walk with our dogs. What are those things? And then protect that time in your schedule, right? I think we live in this overly scheduled, overly busy world. And if we don't with intention, protect the things that bring us energy, then the world and everybody else will decide where our energy goes. And, and the truth is for a day or two or a week, maybe all of that is fine. But at scale over a long period of time, if we don't take care of ourselves, if, if we don't pour in at some level to the things that, that, that give us energy, then we can't give anything away to, to anybody else that's close to us and that matters to us in our lives. So I think it starts with clarity. What gives you energy? What drains your energy, right? Sometimes we don't even really realize the things that are so draining in our lives and if we can pull back and get really clear on what those are and then say, how can I maybe delegate, minimize, 
navigate these a little bit differently, manage my energy and emotion around them a little bit better, that can be really powerful. So, you know, I wrote a book called The Energy Clock that did that did pretty well. And so now we teach, you know, a multi-day program around managing our energy. I, I think that in so many moments in our lives, things sort of come back to that because it changes the way we show up. It changes the way we perform. You mentioned intention a couple of times. How do you use intention to reach your goals? Well, I mean, we all need a North Star, right? We all need to know what what is that big, hairy, audacious goal, right? What is that BHAG, I call them, right? What's that North Star? If if we just react in life to things that come at us, I, I think what's risky about that is we get to the end of our lives. We get to our 90th birthday party, right? And some of your listeners, they're young. They may not think about those kinds of things, but I've seen it a lot. And, 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 and their, their ladder for years and years and years has been leaning up against the wrong wall, right? They're chasing the wrong stuff. I, I was on a boat with a really good friend of mine, a big time executive for a huge fortune top 50 company. And she was just exhausted. She said, I'm just, I'm completely fried. She said, mom, I just, I, I mean, I, I just got this promotion. You know, they're giving me a, they're giving me a raise. They say in eight months, but they haven't done it yet. She said, I mean, I'm gaining weight. I'm not taking time to work out. She said, I'm totally miserable. I'm waking up too early. I'm going to bed too late. And she said, my relationship with my daughter is tough. My husband, I mean, and I said, literally, I looked at her and I said, well, what, what are you chasing? She goes, what do you mean? I go, that's what I mean. I mean, what are you chasing? And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, what's it all for? I mean, you, are you trying to get a new house? I mean, you want, is it the money? Is it a, you want a new car? I mean, like, what is it for? And she said, well, what kind of a question is that? I don't know. And I said, I'm being serious. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. I love you. And I want you to think about that. And I want us to dig into that because I think that could be a gap. And I want to talk about it. So I think we always have to have that question in our minds, right? What are we chasing? Because we can find ourselves in life in classes, on calls, taking jobs, going to meetings, going to different events, different things. Why? Right? And and is our ladder up against the right, right wall? What are we really chasing? Because if we're not intentional, right, to go back to that word about it, we can find ourselves very misaligned. And it can be a very little, I mean, you take off a plane from New York and you're headed to LA, two degrees of difference, you end up in Seattle, right? So if we're not intentional with just little pivots, little tweaks, we can, get our, we can end up in the wrong spot. And finally, what's some actionable advice that our listeners can apply to their lives starting today? You know, have the courage to continue to be curious because to me, that's the linchpin for all of our growth. Be curious about the opportunities for internships, for jobs. Be curious about the opportunity for promotions. Be curious about how you can serve people that you potentially work with now. Be, be insatiably curious and then have the courage when you have that pit in your stomach to step into it anyway because that's when we grow. And if people wanted to learn more about you and learn to embrace confidence, where should they go? Yeah, Max, you know, it's, it's been fun. About a year ago, we created a community game changer leadership huddles. And so for people that want to gain more confidence, right, that want to have the tools to help navigate opportunities in their careers, we actually created a special discount code for you and for your members. 
to get $10 off the monthly membership, but they can go and join the huddles. They go to training.mollyfletcher.com and then they use the code NSLS for $10 off every month. They'll be a part of an incredible community. They'll be pushed and challenged. And the byproduct of that is, is, is an opportunity to gain confidence as they, as they continue to navigate life's demands and certainly their careers. To close this out, Molly, it's been a privilege and a huge thank you for teaching us that greatness is within all of us and that the right mindset, energy, and confidence are the true keys to success. Thanks so much, Max. It was a treat to be with you. We'll see you all back here again next week for Motivational Mondays.